do it. Lead up. I mean, the lead up is no. Yeah, you got no kids in here. Yeah, we can say wherever we want. Talk about poop. Suck my white ass. Exactly. We can. You can bring out the adult sound board. Hamburger. Toilets. <laughs> The N word. <laughs> From a whore. Not that adult. How <laughs> how often is your home kidless? Like yeah. How often is this the case? You mean just me, kid and wifeless? Not very often. How kidless about- is semi often. I mean they school. spend the night at school, but they spend the night at my mom's. You know, maybe once or twice a month. What about this quiet? Um, yeah, usually not this quiet. Julia doesn't like the quiet. Oh, really? Is she always playing? Yes, yeah, so she likes to have something on, sort of, at least in the background. What? Which, I was just thinking about this on my walk today. Okay. Because you were talking about... You texted me, it wasn't about the cereal thing, but it was something else before that. But something I've always thought about a lot, and that I kind of guilt myself into sometimes, Mm -hmm. is like self-imposed noise pollution. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you think about nowadays... How often do you just never have nothing to listen to? Yeah. How often is it just silent? Like never. Absolutely. And it makes you think like we, we always think, how did I do it before? Right. I, I had AirPods and all this stuff. And, and you usually like groan about that, but it's like the reality is, is that we did it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that I thought my life was missing anything without all, right. all the noise that I have access to now. At the same time, I can't imagine going back to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had moments where it's like I've, I've listened to all my podcasts or I finish a book and my thought is never, well, I'll just take this one off. I just won't listen to anything on this walk or I won't listen to anything while I do the dishes. It's, I've got to find something to listen to. So I'm going to start this book that maybe I don't want to listen to, or I'm going to start this podcast that I didn't have any intention of ever listening to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it goes back to some of the conversation too. Where you know what I mean? It, I do know what you mean. And it is about being intentional, I mm-hmm. think too, because you can end up kind of glorifying whatever it is that you don't have. So we can sit there and be like, oh, but, but the silence makes you more in tune with mm-hmm. nature or whatever. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, it can also keep your head completely empty, mm-hmm. you know, and that maybe isn't always a good thing. Again, I think you, you're you the one who's always preached to me about, like, moderation, right? Like, the goal of everything is moderation. To not... Yep. And and so, to me, that's that's kind of my, my take. But I've been... What have I been doing lately i've been doing something that made me really think about it where yeah i've just been listening to a ton of books and um 
listening to a ton of music and there is something about, you know, people who, I don't know. I guess, I guess I do wonder if I need more silence in my life. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's helpful. I mean, with that being said, I don't do it. uh, There was a, a moment years ago when I was going for a run and I forgot something, maybe my headphones or I was, I had already started or left the house and it was too far for me to turn back. I'd forgotten whatever I needed to listen to something. And so I just did my run with nothing to listen to. And it was great. And after that, I was like, I'm going to make it a point to occasionally just not listen to anything when I run. Right. And I did until I stopped exercising. But the other thing that I find too, when I'm, when I'm exercising, like when I'm walking or running, especially (sighs) it's theoretically like the best time for me to listen to something, Mm -hmm. but it's also the time where my brain is like the most active. Mm. So I have a hard time concentrating on what I'm listening to because I'm constantly thinking about other stuff. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, maybe not listening to something would, would help with that occasionally. Yeah. I used to listen to stuff to fall asleep. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> what? Listening to stuff to fall asleep? <laughs> yes. No way. Well, I mean, I best. guess, yeah, I guess I, I do get like, yeah, people turn the TV on and stuff like that. But also, I don't know. I guess, do you have a hard time falling asleep? It, I never have. Yeah. And in the last like two years, like, especially when I was going through some like health issues and was on some like medication that would keep me like, there, there was a straight period of my life for about three months where I was getting probably two to three hours of sleep per night. Yeah. Um, and that was horrible. But sometimes you, you, like, I remember thinking too, like, oh, if I had insomnia, I would just listen to a bunch of books or music. Yeah. But there are sometimes where you're like 3.30 a.m., you just want to go sleep, and the last thing you want is noise. You're like, no, I just want yeah, I just want sleep. I'm just desperate. Please. I guess I always equate, or I guess the experience I always have falling asleep while listening to something is then waking up like an hour and a half later, and that thing is still playing, you set and the I timer. have like a slight headache. It's like, oh, what am I, what's going on? I just want to sleep. You know what I mean? You set the timer. Yeah, I guess. I don't, oh, well, that's the other thing I've been wanting to talk Whoa. about. You use the, <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting to bring this up. Jeez, okay. You use the Audible app, right? Sure, and yeah. And you use the timer in the Audible yep. app. And, and do you, do you use, when you use the timer, do you set it for like specific increments or do you choose the end at end of, end of chapter? 30 minutes. Always 30 minutes. Wait a minute. So how do you know where you stopped? Then I rewind. I know oh, I have. What? I'll that rewind. Like such a pain in the ass. I'll, I'll, I'll sometimes gauge how long it took me to go to sleep. Sometimes it will end and then it will help me fall asleep. Like so, sometimes it'll go 30 minutes, uh-huh. cut off, and then I'm just like ready for bed. But you don't have a problem with then you're thinking like, that 30 minutes could be in the middle of a sentence. Exactly. That 30 minutes could be. So then I go back. If I'm like, oh, let me go back. I'm sure I listen for about 15 minutes. I'll go back to 15 minutes. 
I'm like, oh, that's right. He was in a cabin. I understand now. And oh, then man. and then I listen on from I couldn't there. do that. That would drive me crazy. No, that's part of the morning routine. Where do, where was I? Oh, that's so like inefficient. Right? Inefficient. What are you talking about? Yeah. You just said it for the end of the chapter, and then you know where you stopped. And you have a natural stopping point. You're not stopping what in the middle you, of a thought or in the middle of a dialogue. in the middle of the chapter? I don't put it on to go to sleep. No, but that's what you're asking me in the context of going to sleep. So if I put end of well, chapter. You be more disciplined then. Here's the other thing. Some chapters are longer than others. Yeah. Dummy. Well, you so, look at the timer. You yeah. know how long it is by looking at the no, timer. So, so no, then you put a timer on. If a chapter is an hour long uh-huh. and I'm planning on falling asleep within an hour, then I'll put the timer on for 30 minutes. Then I fall asleep whenever, and then I find my place. Yeah, I or don't, I, that doesn't make any sense. What if a chapter's ten minutes long? This is the other thing that I don't understand. Because Julia does the same thing. Okay. When I get in bed, I get in bed to go to sleep. I don't get in bed to do anything else. We we, we can't move on from the fact that you just talked in it about an area that you have. No, like relation to you can't speak into. I can because I've I've purposefully avoided that line of thinking. So then you get to judge everybody I'm not who judging does it. You, I'm just you're totally judging. <laughs> when I said that I set my timer for 30 minutes, that was the only second biggest emotional explosion you've had this episode, other than getting to. Talk I don't about understand this. how you could stop in the middle of a sentence, and then you're saying it's inefficient and all this. You fall asleep when you fall asleep. You listen to things to help you fall asleep. So the point is not, let me stay awake to the end of this chapter. It's let me listen to this to help me fall asleep. But we so fundamentally disagree on this. Yeah, which I was willing to let you like live your life, but then you bring it up and you start critiquing my life. Inefficient, you called me. You don't understand. Yep. yep. Nope. And then now, now he's just gonna, he's just gonna soundboard me off. He's soundboarding himself out of the conversation. This is what I was going to ask. Okay, so maybe this doesn't apply to your timer usage. Maybe this only applies to my timer usage. I only ever use the end of chapter on the timer. Right? I go for a walk. Typically, the chapter is shorter than what my my walk is going to be. I just do end of chapter, so it stops as soon as the chapter is over, and then if I need to, I'll listen to something else, or I'll just stop, whatever, right? The end of chapter timer, and you're not going to even tell me because you go to sleep. The en- Okay, have you ever woken up and the book is still playing even though you put the timer on? Yes, and I, I was terrified. The timer time doesn't happened. work. It keeps playing. Really? It stops for like two seconds. And then if I don't pull my AirPods out or go into the app it's and like, make sure oh, it stop, it then going. just starts again. Right? Mm. That seems like a pretty big... How do you overlook that? The 30-minute the timer always works. I don't know about the chapter. And again, maybe that's just... Yeah, the chapter then, one doesn't work. Okay, the, yeah, exactly. So then that's why you should do the 30-minute timer like I do and get off your dumb chapter I can't rule. do that because I, ha- I have to feel like I'm at a stopping point in order to stop listening to it. Chapters are man-made constructs, okay? Well... The, the, the story is the story. Yeah, and it's told in a very I, particular I need, way. I don't need with chapters. chapters. <laughs> chapters are marketing, okay? Chapters are to help yeah. people... You just uh, stick with your Cormac McCarthy books, I guess. Yeah, 
I those I could understand stopping in the middle of. I don't need punctuation. Yeah, I don't exactly. Need chapter breaks. I don't <clears throat> need spaces. Just fill every page with noise. edge to edge with font. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. Rip. <clears throat> what were we going to talk about? So, yeah, we um, talk. Oh, so I got judged. You're still on your Mickey puzzle, I see. Mm-hmm. Um, I started a panoramic puzzle. What does that mean? It means it's a thousand pieces, but it's long. It's wide. Okay. And it's longer than the space I have. <laughs> so, I am. I am working it out. Dining room table. I am. And then I've shifted the top part up. Mm -hmm. So my idea is to have like two completed puzzles, Mm -hmm. and then I'll take a picture and send it to you. Oh, you're not going to put them together eventually? No, because wait a minute. This is another audible situation. You're going to put two halves of a puzzle together. Yep. But not put those two halves together. I thought you would be fully on board. I thought you would be fully supportive of me. You're the one who finishes a puzzle and before the last piece is fully <laughs> pressed in, you're already tearing it apart and putting it back in the box. Right. That's, I thought you'd fully support my decision to complete the puzzle the way that because I you're determine not complete, it. It's not completed. How is it not completed? You're it's not all, putting it together. It's all pieced together in the in my arrangement. Okay, I could open a puzzle and dump all the pieces out and then just be like, this is my arrangement. This is how I complete the you puzzle. You could, and you'd be a completely, you'd be a complete dummy. You blew it! This one is not going well. This one what? This episode. What? Is there you, going to be any common ground? You just don't understand Puzz Life. And I'm kicking you out of hashtag. The Puzz Club. You've been banished. Too judgmental. Too judgmental. Too many weird ideas. My taking the puzzle apart is like, it's that that Buddhist thing or whatever it was I sent you. (laughs) Right? What they do with the same. Real, real. That's what it is. (laughs) That Buddhist thing or whatever. It's me destroying uh, your beautiful creation of right, mucky, Mickey right. faces. It's me not holding it sacred and just destroying it. Yeah. I. It's ethereal. You know what I'm going to blame this on? Um, I, I, you're, you're talking to me a few limeades deep. Mm. And I'm finding it hard. And it's just been a long week. Yeah. I was finding it hard to find words that I want to say. I want pancakes. But I know that if I put a puzzle together where every piece is put together, and if I cannot make a portion of that puzzle fit. You can't move it to your table. So you're you're saying that literally it's not finished until I... Click. Put every piece together? Yes. No, no. Every piece is together. No, it's not. And There's so, literally two rows of pieces that are not put together. So if somebody puts a puzzle together and one piece got lost? Yeah, no, it's not finished. Then it's not finished? No. 
I I think that's wrong. Okay. I think that's objectively wrong. Okie dokie. You work You're with wrong. what you've got. What are you supposed to do if if the puzzle came incomplete and you put it all together? Then you put then you put still it together. Incomplete. It's still you don't, it's not it's not like the piece doesn't exist. It's just missing. Yeah. So it's incomplete. Missing meaning non-existent. No, missing means it's somewhere else. Yeah, somewhere it could have. That doesn't be mean it doesn't dog's, exist. It just means it's somewhere else. It could be in your dog's shit in the backyard. Are you going to go dig it out so you can finally claim the puzzle is finished? No. Yep. The finished puzzle is in the is in the eye of the puzzler. Nope. You're wrong. Ugh. I googly moogly. Th- this is the most Justin idea that I've ever had, and to have you stand what, against putting it, a, putting all of the pieces to a puzzle together makes it complete. No, that's the most Justin idea. Put, no, putting the puzzle together in whatever way makes you feel like it's completed. That sounds like some hippy dippy. Throwing the rules out of the window. That's that's Justin. Can't can't pen him in. Except for when it comes to puzzles. Then he's a freaking mathematician. Everything needs to be perfect. How dare you! What's a, what's a career field? Suck my white ass! Where, like, if you wanted to say someone's pedantic, uh-huh. and you wanted to use a job as a... As a rela- r- r- uh, metaphor? Uh-huh. A metaphor as a as an example. Uh-huh. Comparison. Comparison. What what would that be? What's what job would you? What job leads or lends to someone being pedantic by the nature of the job? Yes. Um. I engineers. <laughs> it's right? boring. Right, but that's, and that's right. vague because there's vague. but they're so exact what, what, and they're what type so of like. Um, I feel like I feel like you, you'd have to specify the engineers I've worked with, which the engineers at public utilities, whatever those engineers are, civil engineers, I don't know, sewer en- engineers. That's what they were sewer. working on. <laughs> but you, you have to be exact. so exact. exact, yeah. And it's like I've never had more moments of like two people being so confused. And then me being like, you know, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about, right? But the other person was like, duh, 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 that's not what it means, duh, duh, you know? That, they, they demanded you to be specific right. in communicating with them and all that stuff. That is, okay, here's, here's a quick aside. Because I've been, I've been planning and I'm, I'm claiming that it's going to happen. Although as we get older in life, it seems harder and harder to make any like specific thing happen. Um, but whenever we, we get together, I'm, I'm the one who likes board games. Right. Um, I like learning new systems. I like, I I like trying new things, you know? And I also like getting insight into how people think. And I think board games are a great way to explore that space. Board games though, require a very, some that I've tried require a very like pedantic sewer engineer. I like sewer engineer better. Oh <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah. I see what a, you're saying. A very sewer engineer approach. Right. right. 
you, on the other hand, you, yeah, I feel like you, you like the social aspect of board games. I think more than anything, right? Mm-hmm. But do you, how do you feel about the pedantic game nature? Do you find any enjoyment in that, or does that frustrate you? Just like it, it would frustrate you, mean, you if somebody do like, I enjoy like uh, how be exact specific it has to be. Yeah, like be like the more exact the game is. Does that interest you more? Are you like you know what? I don't need to know how. Uh, how to build a pipeline. Like when yeah, we pipeline I guess it has to walk a line of like, obviously it has to be exact because that's the only way anybody's going to feel um, accomplished, accomplished at the end of the game and not ripped off if you lost, but you don't want it to be so exact that it's like you're reading a dictionary. <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's, so, there's a part of it that has to be like just naturally intuitive. You know what I mean? I feel like that's that's the big thing with you. If it's not intuitive, I think I can see you getting like, I don't get it. I don't want to get it. Like, like right. show I, me what yeah, you got. I guess I get, <coughs> I very quickly check out when mm-hmm. I'm being given board game instructions. <laughs> yeah. And then as the game goes on, I'll start connecting yes. the pieces and be like, oh, okay. this makes sense. <laughs> this is an aside, and I feel like I've done a good job. I'm going to pat myself on the back as a friend. Uh-huh. That I think they do a good job of adapting to my friends. I think I understand sure. them. Whenever we pull out a game, I understand. No one is going to watch a video about it. I'm not even going to try to send, hey, guys, watch this little video. It doesn't matter if it's five minutes or 20 minutes. Not going to happen, mm-hmm. right? I also understand that a lot of the people that I can play these with are not going to listen to rules, you know? Mm-hmm. That I need to be uh, targeted and flexible enough that we need to get rolling, but then I need to find ways to drop stuff in. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know what? I am, I'm going to throw you in on this. Okay, I feel like everybody that I play with, they give me no quarter. There's there's absolutely no room. As I'm making adjustments, like, listen, guys, I know you don't want to watch a video about the rules. Uh-huh. I know you don't want to listen to rules. So let's play the game. At some point, it's always going to get thrown back in me. Well, I didn't know about that, or I didn't know about this, or uh-huh. where. And it happens every time, and there's no consideration to, well, we didn't give him the chance to explain and we don't actually want to watch any videos so let's roll with it i feel like there is a sewer engineer approach back to me from all you guys that's like be specific (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh you asshole yeah, so <laughs> I don't do exactly that. It. I don't do that. I, don't I may know. check out. I may yeah. check out of the direction giving process. <laughs> and I know what you're talking about. There, there are people we play with who, as soon as you start reading the rules, are just like, "What? I'm done with it." Da 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 da. Right. And we also play with someone else who is very pedantic about rules, and I'm not like that. Yeah. I my offense, if any. Is that I just kind of don't care. <laughs> yes, but my and and my and I'm fine with that. I think I think <clears throat> I, I gave up a long time ago. I, especially when I was first getting into because I, I I like again I like trying new things. I like collecting. 
Like, I, I like owning games too for more than just the game. I like the artwork. I like the 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 tactility of board games. I like all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to feel guilty about you. There's a dog in your backyard. Um, oh, did you let Mabel out? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Anyway, um, where? Yeah, I used to feel bad. I was like, hey, Justin, I'm gonna make you now i don't feel bad i'm like no i'm gonna play it because i want to well right and i think part of the problem with that too is like kind of like i was saying the the a lot of the games that you want to play are like games for board gamers (laughs) right like games for people who want to get into board games who who are who are interested in sort of the complexity and the different systems you can build and those type of games are not going to be able to play by someone who just wants to play Monopoly or whatever. You know what right. I mean? But but there are other games like I feel like Stockpile is like a great medium or a great middle ground. You know what I mean? Because it's not shitty like Monopoly and it's not overly super complicated like coffee bean traders or whatever Ooh, which we haven't <laughs> you know even I mean? played which i haven't played but you know what i'm saying <clears throat> so it's you know and, and and for me if you knew the games that i've that have come in my orbit yeah that i've let sail by because i know it would be brute brute like i know you wouldn't want to talk to me for like a week after you'd be like i need some time away <laughs> from from all of this yeah but Again, this weekend, I think it's going to happen. I'm going to bring something. Mm -hmm. And again, I think my idea is to try and maximize everything. Like, there's a part of me that wishes that I could lock in on, like, a game and, like, learn it and get good at it. Mm -hmm. But I think my my approach now is just to, like, I just want to try everything once. If I get one good game out of something, I think I'm done. I think I'm I'm happy with Mm -hmm. it. I just kind of want to experience and see it. And then I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, um, yeah, I'm trying to debate what to bring <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. And we'll see if it even happens, but it better. Yeah. Damn it. I don't know. Um, well, you're, you're in, right? I mean. Yeah, we'll be there. Me and the girls. Yeah, so get ready. Yeah, may just be us. Exactly. <laughs> um. All right, do we want to talk about how far are you into dead dreamers dream dreaming? Ooh, yeah, so I, I have a so, songs of the songs of dead dreamers. <laughs> so this is something that we both encountered through um listening to so I think I I've, I've heard of Thomas Ligotti before. Yeah. But then he came back on our radar when we listened to the podcast of the people talking about what were they talking about? Oh, the black tower, the black tower. Um, a really good, I really enjoy that podcast Mm -hmm. and we we've listened to it for, um, the black tower and for another horror thing that fisherman, the fisherman Mm -hmm. and it's horror. Oh, we shouted out Vanguard. Yeah. Horror Vanguard. Um, and so we we finally, you pulled the trigger on Thomas Ligotti's 
short stories, songs of a dead dreamer, and grim scribe, which are newly republished by Penguin. <clears throat> I, my understanding, yeah, I guess I don't know about the hard copy, but my understanding is that the audio books were just released last week or a couple weeks ago. And I'm, I'm assuming for the first time, I don't know. Right, and so you grabbed it and you jumped into it a little bit before me, um, and then I jumped into it and kind of. So right now I am on the troubles of Doctor Thos. Okay, so you're farther than I am, which is in Dreams for Insomniacs. Which which um, story are you at? Why? That's oh, that's why. Um, I just finished, geez, you're way ahead of me. I just finished the Nyctilops trilogy, basically the three stories about the, uh, mind control people or some form of control people. This is something else that you, you said I'm way ahead of you. I'm two stories ahead of you. You're three stories ahead of me. No, I'm I'm just starting the troubles of Doctor Thoughts. Okay, but that means you've read no, note you you've you've listened to notes on the writing of a horror of horror a story. Oh, I the thought Christmas that was Christmas Eves of Aunt Elise and the lost of the lost art of Twilight. He also says that name weird. I'm trying to remember how he pronounces Elise. It's yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't doubt it. Elisa, Elisa. <clears throat> One thing that ha- I think had always kind of kept me from. It, trying to get into Thomas Ligotti's stuff. Cause it, for me, the first time it came up was, um, true detective. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there was all that controversy around, uh, his uh, what's it called? Plagiarizing, Plagiarizing um, his it. book, something about he, the human race. Um, and one of the reasons why I didn't get into it, I think, is because the guy's name is Thomas Ligotti. Oh, and Where? for some reason that just made me think this is like a this is like a An Edgar Allan Poe guy. What is that? That's, this is a guy a that's like thing. writing horror stories from the 1800s. That was my assumption. I had no idea this person was still alive. This guy's 60 years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I thought right. he was like 300 years old. He could be our friend. Yeah. Like age-wise. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Hey. Yeah. So, yeah. Number one. <clears throat> but also, why? The, that Does that another, name not sound old? Okay, fine. But another insight into you. Have you read any Edgar Allan Poe? Mm. I mean, maybe by accident. Exactly. Here's a guy who dismisses a guy because he's, his name sounds old and then compares him to an author like Edgar Allan Poe, who is one of the greatest sure. authors in this, in this field. Yeah, sure. But I'm not interested in Edgar Allan Poe. But you don't think you're interested. Well, sure. Yes, but yeah. you, but you probably should be, maybe because if you like Thomas Ligotti's writing, anything like that, Edgar Allan Poe would also be a great example of that writing. Yeah, and would not feel like again. I don't know what in your <laughs> twisted brain, eighteen hundreds writing sounds <laughs> like. What what is it in your Shakespeare, brain? Like I guess. Uh, yeah, everybody's Scary talking. <laughs> 
<laughs> the only thing scary is the amount of syllables right. that they use. <laughs> um, okay, so all right, so so we're we're about a third of the way through. Yeah, the the overall collection, the first collection, the first collection of short stories, Tales of the Dreamer, right? Songs of a Dead Dream, Songs of the Dead Dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but I mean, initial thoughts, and then maybe pull out like a favorite story or two. Um. Hmm. The first three stories I liked a lot. The first story about the psychologist. The frolic. The frolic. The psychologist who's working in a psych hospital, a mental hospital. Oh, yeah, working in a jail, a prison, basically. Yeah, they call it a prison. I guess I just kind of assumed it was like a mental institute. I kind of took it for it to be like a actual An prison. actual prison. Um <clears throat> Which is pretty much like the most straightforward story, at least up until the point that I'm at. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not dealing really with like the, the. There's a couple stories that are like layers and layers and layers deep, right? Mm-hmm. Th- that's not this. This mm-hmm. is a story Straight about ahead. a doctor talking to a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Well, um, talking to his wife about a weirdo. Right. Um. So that was great. The next one was the one about flowers. Was about the the artist, which I thought was really great. That and, and that is straight ahead too. The only questions are you're inside the mind of a madman, right? And so it's kind of trying to figure out what is his what's reality versus his perception. Mm-hmm. And I thought he did a really great job of. You and I both had kind of different takes on that. <clears throat> a little bit, I. I swung over to to your your side or there's a a great reddit post that kind of broke down right the 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 different theories um but yeah there's enough ambiguity in there about like wait what's the reality voice what he's seeing but the fundamental you know through line is pretty clear he's a murderer who's just looking for someone to share in his psychosis i mean i think the problem for me is that I'm going into the the I'm going into every single story, knowing that this is a book about scary stuff. So I'm assuming every single person I read about is a and creep. Anticipating, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it never occurred to me with that story to think maybe this guy is like actually a part of a secret society or something. I never thought about that until I read that Reddit post. Mm. And then I was like, okay, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm sure it is written in that way. And I'm sure for people, you know, when this first came out for people who didn't know what they were reading about, maybe they did take it that way. But I, I don't know if you can even being vaguely aware of who Thomas Ligotti is, or I, I couldn't read it the other way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the story after that is about the children's author lady right. who reads her story at a <laughs> Halloween right. thing. And, and she's kind of seeing some, like, people from Alice in Wonderland. Like, the story kind of bleeding into her real life right. a little bit. Her, and the story, the, her story starts bleeding in, but it's, it's about, uh, she starts having, like, weird visions. And um, I thought that one was really good, too. After that is when it start for me, it started to become like, I listened to the thing 
And it's like, okay, let me go look this up so I know what I just listened to. <laughs> One of the biggest jump scares was when I actually looked um, at the chapter titles uh-huh. and saw the way he spelled mannequin. That is so strange because I saw that too. I've never seen the word mannequin spelled like that before. That that has to be like a purposeful. It is. Yeah. So I saw that and I assumed that's just, you know, that's just this guy the from British, the 1800s. That's the way he spells. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They barely knew how to talk back then. <laughs> right. let I saw spell. that and I was like, oh, that's just some weird horror thing that he's doing, right? And then... I was reading something else on Reddit, maybe, or something, or a news story, or something, and it also used mannequin in that sense. And apparently, the difference is a mannequin, in the way we're thinking of it, is a form that is used to display clothes, clothes or, or mm-hmm. display whatever. And then the mannequin in this form is used for like anatomical reasons for like reference anatomical references doctors stuff like that just weird how well there's a word that explains that phenomenon where it's like the first time you hear something and then all of a sudden you start hearing it everywhere Mm -hmm. that's what happened to me i saw it a couple places after that that's weird i did not freak me out a little bit yeah that's what i'm saying it's still like I wish I would have seen it somewhere else because it's still <laughs> it's scary to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so also where do you go? Like I tried at one story, I went on Reddit. Oh, I just Google just, it. You just Google okay, because I was like, how does he find these conversations? Cause I'm trying to find like a take I and I couldn't find one. But yeah, after that, the the stories get way more esoteric. I I really like did you uh, the 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 chemist? Yeah, so the chemist is about the guy picking up the prostitute. Yes. Yeah. It's um, told in like the first person. Right. It's all from his perspective. I guess we we can talk a little bit about my business idea first. And then we can talk about the guy who's reading this story. Or we can talk about the guy that's reading the story. And I liked the story and I like the format and the conceit and all of that of the story. I wish it had a little bit of the, the, the magic that, uh, dark matter had, Mm. right. Where the guy who's reading this book is reading way too fast. He doesn't take any breaks. It's breathless. You can slow it down. It's like a race. You can slow it down. I don't want to slow it down. I want him to take his time. So just, I want him to like build the narrative like the guy in Dark Matter does, right? Because this whole thing, the chemist, he's just like flying through this thing. And there's there's moments where he's supposed to be waiting or getting a response from somebody, getting a response from the police officer or getting a response from the prostitute. And this guy's just... He's leaving it Doesn't miss a beat. He's just flying right through. You know what I mean? Take a breath. I read better than this. Okay. That doesn't, that didn't bother you? Uh, I mean, I kind of, first off, I'd say like, slow it down then. Force it to slow down. I don't want, I don't want I know that. you don't want it, but you're the I one want, who's complaining. I want, I don't want an artificial slowing down. 
the other thing is I think that I did kind of launch into like the, the, the projection of it in my mind. So uh-huh. I immediately kind of started thinking, how would this look? How would it play out? So I wasn't really, I wasn't really thinking about it as a story. I was thinking about it as a movie mm-hmm. more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those next three stories are all about, yeah, like I said, kind of that one is about he's controls the prostitute through some kind of drug and then takes over her mind or something. And then the next one is like inception, right? Where it's about dream dreams, about dreams, about dreams, basically. He can dream this person into almost any, seemingly almost any like shape or any form. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all Eye of the Links. I think that's the one that I was like, let me get a take on this. I couldn't find something. Yeah, all of those I found. I guess the chemist I had no issues with, but yeah, the that one in the Eye of the Links, I I finished and I was just like, yeah, I don't. I'm gonna have to look this up. I I did see the drink, to me only with labyrinthine eyes. Oh yeah. I did yeah. see a someone drew a picture based on that, mm-hmm. and. The picture is terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> horrifying. Yeah. And listening to the story, I didn't get that picture. You know what I mean? Oh, listening to the story, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's creepy. And I watched it. I was like, was that in there? Right. That That's what she looks like? <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. No, that's that's horrifying. Yeah. No, notes on writing of horror. Um, is that an actual story or so is that exact- him just being like, this is what I do. <laughs> it's one of those things that I was like, well, I don't know what I expected, but it's called Notes on the Writing of Horror, colon. A story. A story. Yeah. It's a story. Okay. But it, it's also, he basically is like, here's a scary story. Mm-hmm. That is the straight ahead way to write it. Now, let's write it from a like cosmic horror perspective Mm -hmm. but he's also writing in the voice of an author so it's not thomas legati saying hey i'm breaking the fourth wall it's like a writer like retelling the same basic kind of like campfire horror story Mm -hmm. in like four different modes maybe it's not four but by the end it totally does build to something where like i I don't have the language to like engage it Mm -hmm. and not critique in a bad way, but critique in a way of like engaging with it. But part of me feels like did, did somebody who like studies literature, did they read this and go like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) okay, guy way to like show off like what way it's almost like, let me think of the best smartest way to show off how good of a writer I am or let me just tell a really interesting story from a new way. So I don't know if people maybe look at that and they're like, yeah, it's Thomas Ligotti being kind of an asshole, like kind of like really showing off. But I I enjoyed it. And I think it does both parts. I think it is a scary story in in itself, but it's also really interesting to read into him a little bit to be like, oh, this is how he kind of thinks and crafts and how you can build a story in different ways. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, <clears throat> this is what I was thinking after listening to the foreword. So the foreword is, uh, written by Jeff Vandermeer, 
who did the Southern Trilogy mm-hmm. books, Annihilation, um, whatever the rest of them are called. Uh, and I thought it did a really great job for me, an idiot who thought <laughs> Thomas Ligotti was from the 1800s, <laughs> of explaining who he was and sort of putting and giving context to this to the books and um, you know what he gets out of them and da 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 da, you know. And it made me think, and this is probably like. This is like a Gimlet level idea, you know, where the guys for from Gimlet remember that they like had some big grand idea, and then they went to the investors, and investors like, yeah, just do a podcast network. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? it's like that basically. But the idea is like, I an app, maybe not even an app, whatever it is, where you listen to an audio book, and then after the chapter is over, you get some sort of commentary like a director's commentary almost but even if it's just like yeah it's the guys from horror vanguard talking about that specific chapter or whatever you know what i mean no that'd be fantastic yeah and maybe it's more applicable to like short stories that probably wouldn't work with an actual Mm -hmm. full length let me interrupt the sentence to (laughs) point out well you know what it is it's director's commentary for books yeah you know what i mean that 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 fundamentally is what you're talking about I really like that idea, um, and I'm trying to think, like both what's the, what would be like the Criterion Deluxe version of that, and what would be kind of the everyday, you know, kind of utility of it. But do you listen to like when there's interviews with the author at the end of these books? Do you listen to those interviews regularly? I listened to, I don't know if it was at the end of the book, but I did listen to an interview with the author of the Indian book. Is it called? I can't remember what it's called, but you know, book butcher's crossing. No, no, no. About the deer God. Oh, um, the only good Indians. Yeah. Something like that. I listened to an interview with him as soon as I finished reading it. Maybe that was at the end. Maybe yeah, I looked it, it up, was. But yeah, because I, I was like, I don't really listen to those, even if I like the book and the author. Yeah, I don't tend to listen to that stuff. But you know what I would go for is a is a toggle, right? So like when you you can always at the bottom toggle commentary on or or toggle it off. Yeah, and if you had people who maybe listen to an audiobook and then interject their own commentary like on a track mm-hmm. and then you could just like yeah load that track to the audio and be like yeah switch add this track in or yeah. silence it mute it yeah and that's yeah i wouldn't want like director commentary in that i wouldn't want thomas Ligotti to be talking to me about every story exactly, yeah. i want Jeff Vandermeer. No, no. Or I yeah. want two dorks on a podcast. Exactly. About no, I'm, I'm yeah. with you. But that's why, like, yeah, Criterion will do like <clears throat> film historians, right? You know, and and those I'll watch more than a director. Because mm-hmm. yeah, wh- what's the director going to say about their own movie? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, always just technical stuff. Exactly. Ex- like, because wh- or, or shouting someone else out. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, what what else are they going to do? That's the movie they made. You know. Yeah. Um. Very good. I wonder if Audible has ever... I mean, I've never even 
heard, I wonder if that's ever been like floated. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. I think the problem with that is it like like you mentioned, it would be criterion and criterion is not super successful and it's all about curation. It's not something you can just mass produce. You know what I mean? You have to specifically say this is what I want to play afterwards and you're then going to have to listen to it to make sure it applies and you know what I mean? Two two ways of doing that idea. I think number one is going to Audible and being like, listen, you guys make so much money. Hire me and my buddy, because I'm yeah. coming along, right? Give us a little space. We will book the podcasters. And listen, we're not going for big names here. And who could be a big name in the in the uh, writing biz? Mm-hmm. If If we've learned anything in the last few years, it's that no one is making money off of yeah. writing, right? Um, so we'll we'll get the the, the people throw them like five hundred bucks, throw them a thousand bucks to do a a commentary. Yeah, and then we'll we'll just kind of start curating a little commentary feed for you guys, or let's let's launch it right here. Everything commentaries. <laughs> right. Um, you know, then then people could we'll we'll start with obviously the um the uh. What is it called when it's in the public domain? Sorry, public domain books. Public domain, yeah. And we'll get we'll we'll start there. Moby Dick. Yeah, we'll we'll do a little commentary on Moby Dick. That whale is actually not a whale. <laughs> Did you know that? We're we're actually here's the social commentary for it. <laughs> and this might be about being gay. <laughs> we have to keep our country gay. <laughs> That's not uh, like me. Um, here's something else I've been meaning to say about Audible. Uh oh. Like You're, game. Don't blow our business like idea. Like Game Pass. There's no way there's not a price hike coming in the future of Audible memberships. Okay. I agree. Also, Audible has to be making so much money. Well, my thing is that the discrepancy between what you pay. For a monthly membership and what they charge per audiobook is so huge. I there's like the balance is off there somewhere. Yeah. So it's like either these audiobooks are actually worth $35 each, and I'm getting one for $15 a month, or they're not actually worth $35. Because the other thing is if when you're a member, once you have like maybe it's one or le- no credits, once your credit balance falls low enough, they mm-hmm. then will give you a thing that says buy three credits for thirty dollars, thirty four dollars. Mm-hmm. How does that work? You know what I mean? Like one of the Game of Thrones books is thirty dollars. Yeah, yeah. It's because the subscription model is what brings money. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that's why Game Pass makes so much sense because you're making it all on subscriptions. You're not you're not selling individual units of things. And so you you price up the audiobooks where the membership makes more sense. And then people forget about their membership. Yeah. People get like a bunch of credit and Audible is I think the best like I'm trying to think of anyone that rivals them, but I've had to like put my plan on pause mm-hmm. or I have a lot of credits. I'm like, I'm just going to cool it on the and, and listen to some books. And they've always been great with like, Oh, you want to pause it? Go, 
just pushes one button, paused. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, and again, I think it's because their overhead of <clears throat> licensing these books from like the publishers or whatever, they're just raking it in. Mm-hmm. They're just absolutely. And you feel like you're getting such a deal on the credits. I will regularly log into Audible on a browser and look through my wish list. There's a book on my wish list right now that's on sale for four bucks. Mm. And I'll regularly be like, oh, four bucks? Yeah, four bucks? Done. Mm-hmm. Done. So I'm on top of my subscription, I'm always sneakily, again, it's only like four bucks extra a month, mm-hmm. but on their sales, they're, they're usually, you can find some good stuff. <laughs> so yeah, Audible, I would be shocked if they raise it, but whatever, everyone needs to make money. But in terms of like a profitable app and company, I don't know that Audible's ever going to be in trouble that even like Netflix is or yeah. HBO yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Max or For what. sure. I guess I was just more confused about the discrepancy between the cost of one full price audiobook and the membership. But I think your explanation is is probably it, is they just price them so high <laughs> that it's then like, oh, no, just get a membership for 15 bucks. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, and, and they're also based on, like, I remember when books on cassette were, were a thing. And cassettes yeah. were always expensive because there's you, <laughs> one book would be on, like, 10 cassettes. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and it feels like the pricing just has never adjusted from that. Now that it's digital, now that it's whatever. Um, and I feel like, yeah, people do just kind of, yeah, that's 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone's like, okay. Cause they remember books on tape or CD. Yeah. Uh, anything else about Thomas Ligotti? No, we, we've kind of run out of your, out of your, <laughs> what you've read. There are, I, I think this sequence of books, he's getting back a little more into like the more direct, but I do get the sense that he is going to get more esoteric as it goes on. Um, yeah. Because that really is the only place to go. You know what I mean? If you're talking about, like, cosmic horror, then part of the the cosmic part of it is that things can't make sense. You know what yeah, I mean? right. Like, like you, you have to be writing about something that's beyond comprehension. Mm-hmm. So then to just be like, and then there was a hook in the, <laughs> in the doorknob right. when the kids got out of the car. Yeah. That that's not going to do it. So you do have to get to like, but I think that he's doing a really great job of grounding his cosmic horror. So it is very unsettling. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about swarm. Swarm. Toilets. Um. So episodes three and four. Yep. The first one is called Taste. Or the first one. Episode three is called Taste. Um, I'm just going to read the Wikipedia summary real quick. Okay. Just so we have a baseline to go off of. Four months later. So this is also what I saw on Wikipedia. These these summaries weren't up when we did the last episode. Uh, But so the first episode takes place in 2016. Mm -hmm. The second episode takes place in 2017. So... It didn't feel like a year had passed to me, but a significant amount of time feels like it had passed between those two episodes. Well, it's like her friend dies, and then there's like a cut, and people are moving stuff out of the, and you realize, oh, she probably got evicted. I'm thinking, yeah. and yeah, that it was like that would take some time, and they and never then, right. And then she's a dancer. 
so this says, four months later, Dre is tracking down and killing people who insult Nyja on Twitter. She travels to California and stalks her next target only to notice a man walking at the release, working at the release party of Nyja's husband's new album. Um, this is the episode that opens with her attacking the guy in the house. Yeah. Right. She's in his pantry. Yeah. And she goes and raids it for all the junk right. <laughs> Um, She follows him home and seduces him, getting him to take her to the party and locking him in a freezer. She infiltrates the party and approaches Nyjah, but overwhelmed, bites her and flees. Um, so what if any particular thoughts about this episode or the show in general? I mean, about both, I think that there's always a a scene mm-hmm. in every episode that just makes me laugh out loud or like sticks with me and um and that's definitely like her raiding this pantry after she murders this guy, mm-hmm. cleans up the blood while singing along to Nyjah. Um and this is all where also where she like tracks down the um conservative radio host who oh, is bad mouthing right, yeah um and they have that moment in the elevator and they have that moment in the elevator which is just like she's ho- holding that it's a 15 pound weight right. and you're just <laughs> waiting for her to just swing it up yeah. and it just never comes and then when she leaves you feel that tension yeah which again just goes back to like i think the acting on this has been stellar Again, I think we've talked a little bit about the adjustment of our expectations for mm-hmm. what it's doing, but then in the way that they executed it this episode and then afterwards, I don't think there's been one that I've been more kind of like that stuck with me longer than this episode mm-hmm. of just like reading about the truth, like going back to like Tiffany Haddish's you know, mm-hmm. story about the fan that bought bit Beyonce and who that was, and then looking at like all the internet drama about mm-hmm. like who bit Beyonce, and it is exactly how they portray it in the beginning of the next episode of like people were like, whoever bit Beyonce, they deserve to die, and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Um, but I think that again for for what they're doing, it's so specific, like such a specific satire on a specific element of online communities and fandom Mm -hmm. and i think it's doing it really well i think it's almost one of those things that's like it's too good for like a simpleton for me to just kind of like watch and be like oh yeah i got all that Mm -hmm. i I do feel a little like out of my depth with what all the references that they're going for and stuff like that yeah but with that being said i've grown to like this show more and more and more um and yeah i this isn't like my favorite episode of the season, but it definitely delivered its moments in the way that I've come to expect. And the underlying story has definitely like stuck with me. Yeah. Because there's, um, a lot of real life things that happen this episode. So you mentioned the bite. There's an, um, confrontation between Nyjah's sister and her husband, which happened with Jay-Z and Beyonce's sister. And yeah, I guess maybe it is a distance thing. Maybe it is just like a cultural disconnect for me 
but I just don't understand the like one-to-one nature of the show. Mm. Like I, I'm on board with taking this idea of uh, a obsessed fan and using real life things that have happened to sort of inspire that. I don't understand why it's so closely tied to like purposeful. It seems pur- purposefully tied to Beyonce, like exclusively. Mm-hmm. That just seems, I just don't get it. And maybe it's because I'm not a fan of Beyonce in any way that I just then find myself to be not interested. Yeah. I think for me, it's like, um, understanding like what, what that fandom means. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, I think that's something that you and I just can't, can't ever experience or understand. Um, but like I made a joke to you, uh, and I also was, was like, I, I asked some, um, some of my workmates today to, I was like, is there a celebrity that if you saw you, you just like kind of <laughs> panic, like you uh. love so much. And then is there a, a celebrity that you would bite? Yeah. <laughs> you just lose yourself so much. Yeah. You'd bite. And only with Beyonce is there that kind of understanding. Maybe Taylor Swift too, like some people like Yeah. And and that kind of like aggressive identification with a not just a pop star, but a community. Like even Michael Jackson, I don't think garnered like a community. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like people running around calling themselves like the Neverlanders, you know <laughs> right. what I mean, or or whatever. Yeah, um, he was always like seen as some something else. But now it's all like brand branding is synonymous with stardom. Is synonymous with what's your skin li- line, what's your f- clothing line, right? What's your you know. And there's this deeper kind of life connection, lifestyle, identity connection with these people Mm -hmm. that I think Beyonce helped. If she didn't invent it, she helped bring it into the mainstream. But I think that maybe she even invented it. I mean, yeah, yeah, like that, that fandom is not, it's it's not about the music. It's not about. It's about the culture of Beyonce. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, ha, I mean, have we seen that before? Yeah, and, I'm, and, I'm and you to... and I like like what what's our connect like the the culture of Weezer, right? Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think, and I think Taylor Swift is probably a not probably is is pretty much the exact same thing. My understanding of her fan base, but yeah, I think a any of those acts is it's going to be one of these like singular pop stars. Maybe you could say the Beatles, but who knows? Like they seem to have pretty rabid fans, but you know, obviously it takes on a different form. I mean, one of them was assassinated. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those fans are able to like organize on the internet and blah, 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 blah. You know? Um, yeah, but I, I agree. It's it's been you know, 
enjoyable to watch. It's the the best thing it's got going for it, which is always a plus for me. Is it's short. <laughs> yeah, Each it's short. Like under it's punchy. Minutes. Yeah, I think there's enough there. Like I would be interested in talking about like directors coming. I'd love to to hear people talk about it who know the culture and can talk at length about all the references and, and what they're getting from it. Mm. Because I think a lot of it's there. I also think it's a showcase for the actors. I think yeah. the actors have, have done fantastic. And something that I, when we were talking about, I'm, I'm always trying to be guarded when we talk outside of the podcast and we haven't talked about episodes uh, just cause yeah, kind of want the podcast to be the place to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But like Billie Eilish, like she was, I thought she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that next episode too with what they did with Nexium. Yeah. So and the next that. episode's called Running Scared. And uh, I'm not going to read the summary of this because it's just an episode about Nexium. Um, she, 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 le- oh, but it does say another four months later. So they're jumping around in, in pretty good chunks mm-hmm. in, uh, episode by episode, which is. I guess interesting. Um, I don't know if they're. Do you have any sense that, like, any of these actions are going to catch up to her at one point? Like, there's there's never up to this point been an interest in like who's killing these people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, there's a murderer on the loose. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's just sort of a a vin. Each episode is just like a vignette of whatever. Yeah. Story they want to tell. I think it has to. I I I think it has to end with like a. Or it's going to end with like an end of Spring Breakers, like that movie where the ending of the movie is basically like these wraiths are now unleashed on the mm-hmm. country. Like here they come, Middle America, released from Florida, that, you know, she becomes this almost like mythical force mm-hmm. unleashed on the world. But I think that, that, that she will have to get her, um, her due diligence, whatever. Um and and they've grounded her. I do think that she does have a sense of. You hear that in the confession part of, at the Nexium cult. Mm-hmm. She talks about the feeling she gets when killing somebody. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, she is a pure like psycho. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought that she's human. Um, I thought that scene was really interesting. It was really good. Her confession thing. But again, this is goes back to the same thing. So maybe it's not just a Beyonce thing for me. But maybe it is the fact that I have second-handedly consumed so much Nexium content <laughs> that a, a fictional episode about the group is the last thing I needed oh, to see. Man. And so, again, it's just there's a moment in the very beginning where one of the girls is like, they cured my stutter. stutter. They have brands. They're like a weird sex thing. Like, all things that are just directly lifted from the Nexium story. It's not like we're going to play with this a little bit. It's just is like, yeah, let's just take it from that and put it in our story. See, I didn't know about the girl claiming that Nexium yeah. cleared her stutter. Like, I didn't know anything about that. I also have not, <coughs> you know, uh, indulged in a lot of Nexium content. Yeah. Um, what, what did you think the police officer was going to do? Uh, let's see. Dre is driving to Bonnaroo to see Nyjah when she is tailed by a police officer only to be rescued by a girl at a gas station. 
which is the girl from Nexium. What is the police officer? So he's on do? his motorcycle. Oh, right. And he follows her and to he's the like, gas station. Yeah, I'm just going to follow you. Yeah. And she goes to the gas station. She mm-hmm. looks out. He's turned his cycle off. He sits there. He's waiting for her. And then the girl scares him away. Yeah. Is he just about the fear? He just wants to cause her fear yeah. until she crosses the county line? Or is he planning something? Yeah, that's interesting. I guess I never really assumed there was like a specific point to him doing it. It was just him being like nefarious, I guess. Yeah, if I want to call the show out on an inconsistency, the time that it takes for him to take her license and then come back, mm-hmm. completely unreal. I've been pulled over. It's five minutes minimum. Yeah. It literally walks to his bicycle and then comes immediately back. Um not believable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it made me wonder, like, obviously I think that that's, I could see like a cop doing that. But also, yeah, what what is his, is he just like getting off on it? Yeah. Or, yeah, why why do, why bother? Like, you're the idiot who's sitting outside a 7-Eleven on his motorcycle. Right. Like in the who sun. Who thinks he's being tough. Yeah, who thinks yeah. he's being tough. Like, you're trailing this girl. Like, right. At no point do you do you look at yourself like I'm kind of a uh, miserable son of a bitch. Yeah, I guess along those same lines, what did you think the cult was going to do? That, um, did you like? Did you think they were bad or like had bad intentions? Before I forget, I also want to share my moment from this scene. Uh-huh. And I almost like sometimes I'll when I'm watching it, I'll record it and like send it to you. It's the scene where Dre is escaping and she drives by. Uh-huh. All the girls are running like into the woods. She drives by and then there's one member on top of her car like <laughs> banging right. on the hood. And just that shot from inside the house and then that chaos going yes. by. It's yeah. so good. It's it so great. funny. Yeah. And the way she runs over Billie Eilish. Also, mm-hmm. listen, Billie Eilish, I wouldn't have gone down with that first hit that first hit with the car. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I think I would have gone. I think she kind of gave up a little too quick. There was a little bit of a feeling to me of like, she wanted, she wanted to be like a sacrifice, like not practically, but like for the, for the glamour greater. of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Like she bought into this, like a martyr is a great symbol. Right. I'm ready to like become the symbol that Without I've always wanted. realizing that like, Oh, this oh, woman's die. going to actually run me over I'm gonna and die. kill me. <laughs> so yeah. What? Like, so that's, that's one of the, one of the questions I have too is like, what's the draw of like Nexium? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like what? And I understand it from the context of, this society creates a space like we were talking about where you end up uh, maybe obsessing or getting a glorified idea of something that's going to like heal you or fix you, or it's easy for us to already like doubt ourselves or not believe in ourselves. Right? Like I, I don't know many people who will admit to having like, Great self-esteem. Like, mm. everybody, I think, at some point kind of hates themselves, you know? Right. And what's easy to do like me. is to put out on the internet and just say, like, come to this retreat. 
I will help you get in contact with who you are and simply be like, we're going to take your phones and throw them in this lake. Yeah. Now we're going to sit in nature and for have that to be, to, to have that be a, a profound experience for no other reason than you're just preying on everybody's self-loathing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they believe in this system because the other system wasn't working. But they don't realize, like, no, the problem is not the system. The problem's you. Mm-hmm. So whether you're sitting silent in a forest or whether you're on your phone all the time, you you still have the fundamental issue of probably not being happy and hating yourself. And yeah. that, that's only going to last so long. Mm-hmm. And that creates the 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 means for exploitation for Nexium to come along and be like, we're about empowerment. Also, bring me young women. And for them to right. be like, yes, yeah. yes, this is right. This is good. Because all you've done is you've said, we don't watch this Netflix. Okay. Mm-hmm. We don't do TV. All right. Mm-hmm. We play drums like neanderthals did okay (laughs) and we dance around fires and we get in touch with the earth okay we go on 20 mile hikes and throw up at the end of it you know then we take ayahuasca or whatever like yeah like you could you can just pitch like oh this is just a meaningless system but it's not the system that i am familiar with therefore let me find value and meaning in it and once you imprint value and meaning on something it's over. Mm-hmm. It's got you. You know what I mean? Like, because that's where you're going to tie your self-worth to, you know? Yeah. That's how all cults and thought systems work. So I think that Nexium cult was literally just, I don't know that they were nefarious. I think Billie Eilish was probably about control. Uh-huh. And she kind of made it seem like she's the one who cleaned out the car. I didn't get the sense that like all the girls cleaned the car out and saw mm-hmm. the blood. Mm-hmm. I think Billie Eilish saw, oh, this this girl has a lot for me to control and to right. like manipulate with. Like a lot, she Dre brought a lot of clay, right? Whereas I think maybe some of the other girls are just like, yeah, I'm on my phone too much, and she's like, okay, you, you yeah. can be a parp, I'm not. What was there was a moment where they're asking. Her, Dre for collateral. Do you remember what that was specifically? So it was basically, from what I can remember, it basically is just like secrets, right? Like you confess, right. you confess something that you don't want other people to know. It's and that's Scientology, right? Like that's just them riffing on Scientology. Nexium, I don't think, dealt with secrets, right? That was no, they did. Oh, oh, they, they they did, yeah. So, yeah, so that's what I was asking because I can't remember what the example that um, they were asking Dre to give was. I do remember there was that moment in the show. But, yeah, with Nexium, it was they would get people to record themselves. That's Scientology. Yeah, you saying can do it something. all recorded, yeah. Yeah, saying something heinous and then you have to send that video to somebody else in the group and that's their collateral. And if you, and if you think about doing something we don't like, we're going to send that video to your family. Yeah. And and that, and that's fundamentally too about like those rich societies, right? Which Mm -hmm. is like, you're part of the skull and bones or whatever society. And it's like, you have come to this Ivy league school. You're going to be the next, you know, kind of thought leader, politician, 
author, whatever. So come to this ceremony. Um, you're going to have sex with a dead pig. We're all going to watch you. Right. And then now we know that you did that. And now you get to unleash that kind of humiliation on everyone be- right. beneath you. Yeah. Like go and make the, the lower classes suffer. You've earned it. Right. I went through it. Now it's my turn to put you through it. Right. And through this humiliation, you get to humiliate others. Right. Um, yeah, I guess I guess now that we're talking about it, I, I find it interesting that I didn't, even though I knew, I kind of, the only reason I felt, I guess, that the Nexium stuff was going in a nefarious way was because I knew what the story of that group was. Mm-hmm. But in watching the show, I had a much more evil feeling from that white cop than I did from the group at the end of the show. Absolutely. Even though they're kind of both going in the same direction, I guess. Yeah. They're both bad. Right. Um, yeah, maybe that's like the the parallel between them. Yeah. Right? So she runs everyone over. She leaves. Well, she runs. She runs two over people, Billie Eilish, and then clubs that one girl with a tire iron, basically. Right. And then she and the but the other girls run to the forest. Yeah, and she leaves um, to go to Bonnaroo, where Nigel's performing. But she gets there too late. That was a great reveal too, where they're like having that moment, mm-hmm. and she like hears the music, and for a second, I thought she was like having an episode i was mm. like oh she's like projected into like where she's niger and she's hearing music but i was like oh no they yeah she's lost track of time bonner's mm-hmm. happening um yeah i thought that was a great kind of reveal yeah uh and that's the end of the episode so there's three yeah, left sleeps in her car she yeah sleeps in a car just sort of doom scrolls Nigel Bonnaroo footage <laughs> watches everything yeah. on her phone <laughs> oh man and she's doing again just doing a great job like like you said that confession scene yeah was really just good. fantastic mm-hmm. like the way she like drops her face and makes her face change like mm-hmm. just cre- just creepy stuff really yeah good stuff. and I mean the way uh, I really like the way it was written and how there's one slip up from her very early mm-hmm. on that they just never touch on. But you know that um, Eva, I think her name was, Billie Eilish's character picks up on it. Yeah. Right. But it's not obvious. They just go right past it. And then eventually, right. yeah, she keeps. Was it milk? It. The milk was red. Was it blood? <coughs> hurt somebody. Yeah. Just really good. Um, yeah. So three episodes left. So, yeah, now we're going to just three episodes mm-hmm. next time. Dredge is out today. Oh, that's right. Have you played On it Xbox? yet? I played the demo. Oh, that's right. The only question I have about Dredge is because I heard, was it Skill Up did a video about it? Somebody put a... He just did a highlight of it. He put yeah. it on his Steam like list, like keep an eye out for this but it seems to me like an arcade game almost where you're just kind of fishing but then apparently there's a 
like deeper horror story to it. Yeah. Which I guess I just don't understand how that's going to play out. Exactly. But. So all I'll say is I had an idea of what it was going to be when I read about it. And then I played the demo and the demo completely like flipped my idea about it. Mm-hmm. So I did think it's like, oh, it's like a resource management. I go out, I fish, I do a little quick time event. Mm-hmm. Fish, fish, fish. I got some comeback. But the narrative over it and the way that they that I can see how they can progress this stuff where you're you're getting fish, you're meeting requirements, but then you're also like exploring this map. And then also you can upgrade your boat to give yourself more ability to go deeper into mm-hmm. the water to get more things. And then obviously the deeper you get, the more this kind of cosmic horror potential storyline comes right. into play. They also the dread like Indy and I played it and he definitely had this moment a lot more than I did, but I definitely had it where if you're out at sea past a certain time, that's like when stuff comes out. So you're like, Oh, I I can just get this last fish. Right. And then you're watching the time tick and you're like, okay, I gotta go. And like, literally the clock is the like Cthulhu starts coming out. Of the yes. Ocean. And you're, and you see the, the, the city, like the little yeah. village and you're like, you can't make your boat go faster. Yeah. And like, there's literally one, one time where Andy just like handed me the control. <laughs> like he's handed in, like went underneath his, uh-huh. his blanket. Cause he's like, I can't, I'm, I'm going to not make it. Right. I don't want to see what happens to my boat. Okay. Um, and yeah, it was just so great and it's getting good, good responses um Mm -hmm. so i'm excited okay there's also a lot coming in april oh really a lot of stuff a lot of shows a lot of movies Mm -hmm. um that i'm I'm really excited for how to blow up a pipeline is coming out soon Mm -hmm. i'm really excited about that um from what i know based on like an actual manual Mm. how to blow up a pipeline and then it's like a thriller, so to speak, of like these kids who want to blow up a government pipeline. Did you watch the Kelly Reichert movie about that? Yeah. Is it good? Night Moves? Night Moves, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I really like Kelly Reichert. I, I really like her genre stuff, mm-hmm. and people give her genre stuff like a bunch of crap, I feel like. I'm oh, like, really? Yeah, yeah, I don't know, guys. Let her make her... I thought it was really good. It's mm-hmm. not mind-blowing but in terms of like an eco thriller it definitely is way more interesting than the eco thrillers that are preachy Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i think it's i think it's pretty great um one second actually let me yeah she was just on the best show yeah i saw that i haven't listened to it yet but um tom sharpling really loves all of her movies yeah, you fell asleep during um <laughs> uh crossing, what's it called? Yeah, um in the theater. Exactly, you went in the theater. Night moves on Letterboxd out of 5 stars I gave it 3 and a half. Okay. Um really quick at the end. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I feel like I just I just want to just mention this. Well, is there anything else you want to say? Nope. Okay. Then maybe maybe people can click off if they want to. But 
Bye bye. Bye bye. This week, we experienced another school shooting. Yeah. Six people dead. And one of my biggest takeaways from this is there have been a few viral clips passed around mm-hmm. of like different lawmakers responding to it. And like one guy who's like, we're not going to fix it. Mm-hmm. The the inflection from these people's voices is now completely gone. Uh-huh. They don't even they they don't even feel the need to like put any effort into it. Yeah, it, it's gotten to the point now where it's just like, um, you know, guns kill people. The, um, yeah, they know gun, what guns they have kill to people. say, and they're gonna say it. And we know what they're going to say, and we know they're going to say. We're, 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 but I've never heard those lines delivered with such little, like, tone, uh-huh. inflection, life. and life. Yeah. And it's just, and either, you, you want to tell yourself, like, oh, maybe that's the, their humanity. Peeking through it, being like, I'm a piece of shit. I'm just, but it's not. It totally is them, like, exposing how little they care, you know? Yeah. And no, they're just tired of having to answer the question. Yeah, and I love this one guy who's like, we're not going to fix it. The only time he gets into me was like, uh, uh, it's, it's a heart problem. You see, as a Christian, that's what what, what we need is we need revival. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to be like, okay, so you're not passing the law because revival mm-hmm. is more useful. So what other areas could better be solved by revival than laws, but yet you still pass the laws? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, as a Christian, every problem's better solved with revival. Mm-hmm. That's why I just have stopped passing laws. Yeah, I mean, along those lines, uh, uh, again, there's something I I don't know if this should be attributed to somebody, but I've seen it a a million. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's under every one of these uh, a- any any uh, conservative argument you see. This comment shows up, and it's you you can't logic someone out of something they didn't logic their way into. Mm-hmm. It's like the, you can't convince these people of your point of view because they didn't logic themselves into theirs. Yeah, they just, I, I don't think they're convinced of their point of view. They just, they're getting paid money and they, they don't put that much thought into it. You know what I mean? And the other thing along those lines is like, you believe revival is what is going to solve this problem? Okay. Do it. How? How? Yeah. <laughs> Do something. B- bring bring your law for revival to, to help stop this. Yeah. Please do something. You know what I mean? You, you, it's not guns. It's health care. Great. Then give us health care. You, you know what there? And then, you know what I mean? Oh, and then when you go, okay, you know what? Let's, let, let's see your revival. It's a... 55-year-old white guy in skinny jeans with, like, a pompadour-style <laughs> hair you know, right. standing at a pulpit being like, right. the three A's of God are yeah. always, all, all the time. And, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the least charismatic yeah. you know, person blathering on about some, like, esoteric like meaningless insight into mm-hmm. this is what love is and it's like 
that guy's going to bring revival. No. Your your pastor Chick- is going to noodle soup for the Christian for the soul. Christian soul. That's the revival <laughs> yeah. we need. Like you're not you're also not bringing the fire with like, and this guy's going to do it. Look at him and this like guy in a cage. He's like, uh, let me preach about Jesus. I'm ready to go. It's yeah. just like yeah, it's this uh, this branded corporate yeah shill version of god <laughs> yeah that that's the thing that's gotten most frustrating to me about the the political side of it is that nobody does anything i, I, I and it's gotten it's gotten to a point where it's like like i said i don't care what your argument is i don't care what your belief is do, do it do something propose something yeah the, you know the, what i mean if you think more guns will fix it okay then Let's see the law for more guns. Yeah. You know what I mean? The the other thing that I, the, the last thing I'll say about this too is I want to see people, I want to see politicians lead with the energy that they encourage us to have. Write to your senators, make your voices heard, go protest. Yes. Like mm-hmm. I see videos of like Congress people, you know, taking videos outside their window and they're like waving to the crowds and like trying to get them hyped up or whatever. I went back, I want to read the story of you refusing to leave the courthouse and living in it or mm-hmm. going on a hunger strike or like you do it then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm tired too of these like leftist politicians too not being like i will not let this go anymore like i i'm not going to just speak into a microphone then go home or jump on you know my instagram Mm -hmm. and and hold a little town hall Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean like i'm actually going to be a pain in the actual freaking you know, house mm-hmm. or Senate or wherever they are. And I, I don't know, man, maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing out on it, but I don't hear a lot of stories of like politicians away from the crowds and away from social media who are literally like, I, I, I am making a stand here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I hear them say, I'm making a stand, Senator. And then they just turn around and go, well, nothing we can do. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple, I'll say a couple more things. The, I guess at this point, the, I, I don't think I have any real hope that anybody will do anything. To me, it's always what it always comes back to is me. To me, is is Sandy Hook, however <laughs> long ago that was. Ugh. Once that happens, and we do nothing about it, it's just going to keep happening. You know what I mean? Like if if that if if you don't do something after that, the first time it happens, why would you ever? do something about it. Right. So to me, it just seems kind of hopeless, which is probably not a great thing to think, but, and then I'll also say just to get myself on record, maybe for posterity, (laughs) see how stupid I sound in a couple (laughs) years. I don't think this is a gun issue. First and foremost, I feel like the bigger issue is healthcare. And 
gun regulations and restrictions obviously plays a part and should be looked at regardless of this, right? But to me, the, the, the main culprit, the first thing you have to try and figure out is how do we help people so they don't want to walk into a building and shoot everybody? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, yes, their access to guns needs to be looked at, but the point still stands, you know, the the conservative talking point where you're going to ban knives, you're going to ban cars. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, we're not. But w- what we need to be looking at instead is like, why do people want to do this? Like, what have we done as a society that we're driving people to want to shoot little kids in a school? I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. And I just don't understand why people don't you know, it has become so politicized where it's like, if you're left and you're talking about this, at least in the mainstream, you have to talk about guns. Gun, yeah, it's a gun issue. Yeah, that's all it is. And mm-hmm. you don't talk about anything else. And to me, it's like, yes, I understand that guns are an issue. I agree with that. But we need to be providing affordable, accessible health care for people so they don't get to a point where they want to sh- commit mass murder. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because theoretically everyone in the country could have a gun, but if nobody is so distraught that they want to kill somebody else, it doesn't matter, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, you could take all the guns away, but if you still have people who are mentally unwell, they're still going to be killing each other. You yeah. know, I don't know. It just seems strange that people don't talk about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think on the mainstream, it's like, if you, give an inch to the quote unquote other side, Mm -hmm. then you've, you've lost. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, as as if you're on your left talking point, you can't bring up mental health because then they're going to be exactly. That's what I'm always saying is see, it's about mental health. Mm -hmm. And you've like, no, you've, I, I gave them an inch and they, Mm -hmm. they're right. But, but you're, you're absolutely right. And, and again, when you think about like the fundamental issues of our society, a lot of them, a lot of the systemic issues that we end up dealing with could be better addressed by a systemic change. Mm -hmm. But it's like people have lost so much hope in like a change of a symptom that like to change a core group, you know, idea is like preposterous, but if you wanted to drastically overhaul our whole society and and kind of solve a lot of ills, it would be a universal healthcare system mm-hmm. that removed the cost of healthcare from the backs of working people mm-hmm. across the board, and you would give access to free education and do loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. If you did those things, you would watch like a ton of ills start to reverse and to, and to flip. You know what I mean? But we can't do that. We can't have universal health care. We have to have a hybrid model that's built to fail and frustrate mm-hmm. and be used as a... Te- well, see, we can't do it. Uh, and then with, yeah, with gun control, it's like you're absolutely right that like guns are still the like avenue that a deeper rot can express mm-hmm. itself but i think you and i would both be careful to say 
full gu- yes gun control <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah it's, you it's can't not say in the that ver- with someone who's arguing in bad faith Exa- exactly they'll take it and run and, and run with it oh yeah see that's what i'm saying too it's like no you're not saying yeah all right well suck my white ass bye-bye <laughs> bye-bye oh. i love you i love being your tile coach bye-bye here we go